is your host, Mei Wu, and I have some special people here with me today. So if you want to like say your name, what you do, where you're from. So I'm Anitra Brown. I um, do diversity and issues work at Lyft, and I'm originally from the Bay Area. Also lived in a couple other places, um, but I've been in the Bay for about a year now. Cool. My name is Natasha Miranda. I am a production engineer at Facebook. I have been in the Bay since... I was four, so I've been here for a good minute. So, uh, Brandon Woods, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm just coming from South Beach in Miami, which was crazy, but I'm five months into the Bay, kind of like it. I'm working with Verizon right now, but the project that I'm working on is uh, a mobile app, so I came out here just for that. Anitra used to work in um, like a smaller city. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I was living in Oregon, um, lived in Oregon for seven years, Eugene, Oregon, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's a super small college town uh, where the University of Oregon is. And I mean, living out there compared to out here, there's there weren't as many opportunities, definitely was a lack of diversity. And so I think like any college town, there's kind of that small town feel, you know, kind of the typical jobs, but not really um, any big opportunities, especially in tech. And so, I mean, being out there, um, I think tech really isn't an option for a lot of folks. And so moving out to the Bay Area and looking for work, um, when I moved out a year ago, um, the tech sector was kind of like a new thought because my background was in nonprofit. So I honestly didn't even think about jobs in tech until I moved out here and I was, surrounded by all these tech companies. So it was way different. Yeah. So how did everyone get into tech? Because I guess I'm considered in tech too, which is like really weird to think about. Yeah. Um, I actually weird to think about for you. What were you doing? I was a teacher. <laughs> so I was teaching for two years and then I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Or like, I didn't want to work with people in that way anymore. Mm -hmm. um, just because there's a lot of issues in education and I felt like I was encouraging that because I was a part of it. And then like parents, just like there's a lot of things going on in the school. I was at like a charter school and I really enjoyed my community and the students. But I think that there was a lot of inconsistencies and that affected the families. And I felt like because if I work there, that would like stamp like that I supported what was going on and I was like, I just can't do this anymore. So I, yeah, so yeah. I made the transition. Yeah, that makes sense. That's what's up. I think it's hard when you're in those roles because I, I mean, coming from a similar background in the nonprofit sector, I kind of had this belief that the only way you can help people is to do like these service roles. So mm -hmm. being a teacher or working at a nonprofit and I didn't think that you could really make an impact in tech or in like the for-profit sector because it's all about the bottom line, you know? And so, I mean, that was kind of the eye-opening thing for me when I did apply for roles, uh, because I do diversity and inclusion work, um, I was kind of looking through the lens of like, which company can I work for that I can potentially make an impact in, you know, and actually feel good like when I go to work, and not just like chase a check, because I mean, yeah. money's helpful, you know, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, I have to do stuff that like makes me feel good like my time is being used in a valuable way mm -hmm. and like i'm trying to make the world a little better so you're making the world better trying <laughs> got a lot of work to do right. so how did you switch from nonprofit and like eugene oregon to going to a now not a startup anymore right <laughs> i guess we're, we're tech we're like tech yeah, yeah um but no it was interesting i think my path was like 
different from what I've heard others share, but pretty much like when I came out here, I was just applying for jobs. I mean, I, well, I did a fellowship at Berkeley for like the summer, which bought me some time to kind of start looking for work and feeling out the scene. Um, but then I just was applying for stuff. And at first I realized, like I had never worked for a big company that like use recruiters. So I didn't know like how the recruiting process worked. Mm -hmm. And so I would spend all this time like drafting these cover letters and like doing way too much. But they were never gonna write it. And I just didn't know like the the titles didn't translate exactly. So what I thought like a program manager in the nonprofit does is very different than what a program manager does in tech. Mm -hmm. um, and so there was just a lot of learning curves in terms of like understanding how tech works. And then um, I went to this event and this dude honestly put me on game and was like, okay, this is what you need to do. First of all, stop writing cover letters. <laughs> <laughs> Look for these roles, make sure you're, you know, just like putting me on game on how yeah, to yeah. make my resume um, more attractive to the recruiters. Mm -hmm. And once I made that shift, then I started um, hearing from people yeah. and the lift job just kind of fell into my lap, honestly. Yeah, that's awesome. And you started off as... Uh, contractor. Yeah, so I started out as a contractor um, and then got converted a couple months in. Yeah. And then what about you, Natasha? How did you get into tech and then like were you contract to full-time or you just went straight to full-time? So I was contract to full-time, but um, let me just start with like how I got into tech. So like it was honestly MySpace. Like when I was younger, I thought MySpace was like the coolest thing, and like I liked like making my profile, and, you know, like my mouse is all like spinning and glittery or whatever. You did all the like HTML. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was so cool. Like I was all, like every weekend, I was like, okay, on Saturday, I'm gonna change my MySpace page to like be pink or like whatever. But um, but like when I was younger, I was like super into sports, and like I didn't really care about school like that, so I like didn't really think about it as a career. And then like when I was in high school. And, you know, everyone's like, what are you going to major in college? And I'm like, shit, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know? And then, like, my parents were like, oh, you should be a nurse. You should, whatever, because I'm Filipino. So that's what my mom said. She's like, you should yeah. be a nurse. She actually still says, would you still consider? Yeah, and they're like, no. Yeah, I'm, like, too empathetic for that. But, like, I just started taking, like, some classes. Like, my cousin was an engineer. So, like, I was like, oh, maybe I'll take some engineering classes. And then um, I took, like, a computer science class in high school. And then majored in computer science in college and then um luckily like i got an internship in college at uh hewlett packard like at hp mm -hmm. so then i interned there for like three years and then I had this weird story about where i was where i was gonna go after college like long story short i was gonna work at microsoft and then i kept getting relocated and then i was like okay at this point, like, I'm just gonna go wherever, like, I have a job, right? Like, because I was out of a job for a little bit because I turned down, like, the HP offer and then I took the Microsoft one. And, mm -hmm. anyways, long story short, um, I, like, met up with some people from HP that I worked with because I worked there for so many years. And then they were like, oh, um, we have this position, but it's like a project management position. Like, do you want it? And at, the, at that point, I just wanted a job, right? Yeah. And, like, um, but it was like contract and I was like, you know what, I'll just take a risk if I don't like project management, like let's have the experience. Mm -hmm. And it turns out I hated it, but I did it for a year to see if I like really hated it. Yeah. And I really did. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and you tried it out, now you know. Yeah, yeah, but I tried it out and it was awesome. But um, I just felt like I wasn't using the skills that I, I felt like I was like wasting my degree, you know, like I got mm -hmm. this like engineering degree and um, yeah, like I just felt like I wasn't really using my brain and like 
being challenged um, in the way that I wanted. Mm -hmm. And then so my friend put me on game and he's like, I was like looking for another job and he was like, oh, just go on LinkedIn and like switch your status to this. And then like, like by God's grace, like this Facebook recruiter hit me up and then um, I transitioned to full-time there. So that's my story, a little bit longer. But no, that's awesome. But yeah. So you started at Facebook full-time already? Like you guys yeah, had September. to. Mm -hmm. I started okay, full-time in September, yeah. So I've been there since. And then now we're here. Yeah, and then now we're here. My experience is different. Uh, I kind of, I'm coming from a sports background, right? And my dad had a business early on. He was doing like um, half a mil out of the house with his mom, with my mom, right? They're 65 and 75 years old, right? So they're old and they were killing it. I'm like, okay, cool. Their whole thing was um, process service, so they serve documents from the court and things of that sort, but I saw them build it from the ground up. Mm -hmm. So I'm on the other side of tech, so I had an idea about an app and things of that sort. So um, I was working for uh, Frontier Files in Florida, basically door-to-door, 100% commission, uh, 80 hours per week, team building. Basically, we had to build out the whole market ourselves, and if we didn't sell, we didn't get paid. So I'm coming from that, but I didn't want to work like for forever. So everything that I was doing had to do with like um, basically making websites and all those MLM things and everything that you see online that had to do with not going to a nine to five job is what I was on. Um, I transitioned into having an idea about an app and I kind of just wrote about it. Um, for maybe a year and a half or so, and then I decided to kind of push it, because every time I talked about it, it moved forward a little bit. Um, it's a basketball app, so coming from a basketball arena, I know what's missing in there, and so basically I was going to fill in the, the gaps. It's called Phenom. Um, what supported me throughout the time without working was, in Miami, obviously it was a party, promotions, and things of that sort, but I had already made a website called Simply Deleted, Simply deleted, basically, you can delete your student loans and uh, Verizon bills and negative marks on your credit, basically, with letters, right? Mm -hmm. So I did my own, put it out, and then once I put it out, everybody hit up, like, well, how do you do that? I deleted $17,338 in debt that I don't have to pay back in 45 days with a couple of different letters, right? So it's more so self-taught entrepreneurial type things, and then I did the whole I got into the technical side of it because I had to build out the website, I had to do all those things, I had to make it solid, do the landing pages, do all of those. So that's the now, and I'm still getting customers for that. But when I went to Miami, so I talked to people about it, the app, and then um, an Orlando Magic coach kind of liked it. I knew him before, he said he liked the idea, he has resources, all right, great. And then um, a Harlem Globetrotter, the ninth woman on the gold charter period. Um, somebody had a contact with her, reached out to her. That happened as well. So she said, look, I got resources, let's put it together. Um, and then somebody from Microsoft as well, woman veteran of the year, works with our tests. So all of these things were coming together, which landed me out here because everybody lived out here, mm -hmm. whether it was LA or San Francisco or something of the sort. So I basically just picked up, left, and um, started making it happen out here. So I'm on the other side of it. I'm trying to build, but by myself. But I now have a little bit of a team, so it's kind of scary because every time you push it, it moves. Yeah, it's scary. Right, exactly. So the simply delete it works. Every time I push it, it works. 
app at the same time. So I'm working for Verizon, just some regular job in the meantime, so I can meet different people over on Market Street. So I position that way, and that's how I'm basically going out out here. But I didn't want to get fully involved. I could do tech like for a company, but I feel like it'll be overwhelming mentally, and I feel like it'll take up most of life. Right? What do you mean? In terms of my friend is uh, DJ, he's working at Facebook. He was working at Facebook for two years, now he's at Uber, right? I'm looking at his quality of life and then exactly all the things that he has to go through from a lens. He's my best friend from high school, so I see. Um, and that's working long hours, working on the weekends, getting stuff done on salary, and it's a lot of, a lot of effort and energy put into that. I want most of my effort and energy on the projects and then at the same time have the money coming in. Um, so I chose Verizon. I know phones. People will come in. I'll have conversations. I'll be able to network. So I'm positioning myself there, and then doing the tech outside of that. Yeah, that makes sense. That's super cool that you're. It's like coming into fruition. You know, it's like all the pieces are coming it's together. Crazy. It's definitely crazy. How did you like? Because I know being an athlete, you know, your mind is like really focused. How did you go from? being an athlete and then going, okay, this probably won't work out or like what was going through your head and how did you make that transition? From the athlete to work world, that was a hard transition. Like I felt like that was failure because I was at the top of, you know, number two in the state, um, NCAA first team, everything was given to me. So I didn't have a responsibility portion. So coming from that and knowing that I squandered opportunity heavily, like, and going into a regular work world, I kind of viscerally felt like I needed to not do that. So, I mean, that's why I kind of did the entrepreneurial side. And once I put it down, and then once I thought about, okay, what can I do to stay in the sport, but still make an impact and things of that sort, that's where the app idea came from. And that's the transition, and that's what keeps me kind of not going back because I'm still young I can still go overseas or something like that after putting in work but the question is like do I want to do that or do I want to this out for that time mm -hmm. right yeah. and then make a way bigger impact mm -hmm. on the whole entire thing so mm -hmm. I'm big about recognition and, and I think that'll be really great recognition on my side and I feel fulfilled doing it mm -hmm. right so um in the meantime everything that I look into is stuff that will give me a lot more money for a lot less time so it's, it's been plenty of experiments and things of that sort, but I think I found out what I'm going to do. Yeah. It sounds like you're like future driven too, like motivated by that. So, so, so with that, like what keeps you motivated to like keep doing what you're doing? Cause it's like, it could be really discouraging or, uh, like workplace can sometimes be like hard. Like, am I going to move up? Is this going to be mm -hmm. what I want to do forever? Like what keeps you going? I think for me, <laughs> um, I think so for me, it's, I think of my job as an opportunity and a platform to push like the things that I actually care about. And so like I remember like being at the nonprofit, being broke as hell, like not making no yeah. money. Yeah. But like so desperate to like make an impact. Yeah. And I think that's like the worst place to be in because you know like how you can help or you think you know and you see all this need but then you just like don't have the resources. Or you never enough time. either. It's never enough. And like I feel like now, even though I'm not, like, in that sector necessarily, I feel that I have more resources to be able to, like, invest in stuff that I care about. 
like making donations to organizations that I, I like what they're doing or being able to like give some of my time or like being able to use my influence where I work to have them think about how they can help other communities and like raise communities up, you know, using those resources. And so mm-hmm. I think what motivates me is like on a daily basis, like it's, it's usually some bullshit. Like it's just <laughs> yeah. You know, because that's just work. <laughs> but at least like, I think at the end of the day, I feel like I get to sit at tables that not a lot of people get to sit at. Yeah. And I got to use that opportunity to like push for the stuff that I think is important. So, I mean, that's what keeps me pumped is like every day I'm like, okay, let's see how we can like, you know, finesse some shit and make it work today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really what it is for me. Yeah, moving the needle. Yeah, and I think just like raising awareness because we all like set these tables, and it's it's a privilege I think to be in tech because the tech industry is like leading the world, you know, and there's so much influence, and so to be at that table and to be able to bring like other people to that table and then really like shift some shit, yeah, like that's powerful. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like I feel like. I remember when I was in, co- in college and, like, I was grinding with, like, all my friends. Like, now that I'm kind of at this, like, really great company, I'm, like, I want to bring, like, all my people exactly. here. Exactly. Like, everybody that I worked with. And, like, like it's it's a really great job. You have really great benefits. So, like, to bring people there and then, like, kind of, like, change their life, you know? Because, like, a lot of people that I went to school with, like, didn't have a lot of money. Like, yeah. never had this, like, I don't know. Like, they don't they don't have this world that, like, tech gives you, you know, like, all the benefits that they give you, so just, like, being in a position to, like, help other people, like, reach their dreams, too, I think is something that I really like, um, but, like, there's also, like, another thing that kind of keeps me going at work is, like, I'm kind of, like, a very, like, goal-oriented person, like, mm-hmm. I, like, always have a goal that I'm, like, working towards, and, like, when I reach that goal, like, I suddenly have, like, another one, you know, like, yeah. Like, for example, like, when I was in college, I always wanted to work at, like, Facebook or Google or, like, these really big tech companies. And then, like, now that I'm here, I'm, like, okay, I want to be this, like, dope-ass engineer who, like, I can help somebody if they ask me a question. I can be, like, you know, whatever. And I think, like, some girl once was, like, I was on an airplane. Like, it was really, it was really random. But, like, this girl once, we were talking about work. I don't know how. But she asked me, like, what, like, makes you happy? You know, is it going to be, like having a lot of money or is it going to be having this title having like respect and like I really thought about that for like a really long time Mm -hmm. and like I realized like one thing that like really makes me happy is like the journey like I really enjoy the journey of like like for example like when I was interviewing at Facebook I like knew like it was going to be a hard interview and I had to like study all the stuff that I know Mm -hmm. and like I really enjoyed the journey of like working hard and like learning so that I could like perform at this like really you know like I could show them like my potential and then when I got there now I'm like I want to be like this engineer and I want to learn all the stuff I'm going to read and like I really enjoy that like I don't know I just really enjoy the journey and then like being at a certain point so that I can help other people like get there too so like that's something for me is like I keep it in the back of my mind whenever I'm like like, when I'm working really hard and I don't know something, I'm like, okay, but eventually, like, I'm going to get it. And, like, you know, eventually I'm going to get there. So that's, like, what keeps me, like, pushing a little bit. Like, how do you advocate for yourself? Because, you know, whether you're new to the field or, like, starting something new and, like, trying to get other people to see your potential, to, like, see what you're made of, like, how do you advocate for yourself in those moments um, at work? It's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. 
for me, it's a it's a conversation, and it's it's just mentioning it or reminding yourself to mention it. Like you can go through the day to day. Obviously, you gotta survive, so you gotta go to work, but you gotta continue to mention it. And once you mention it, it's it's funny who you run into or what doors that opens up. What right? do you mean mention it? Like mention it. Like I'm I'm working on this app, right? Mm-hmm. So that conversation, starting the conversation, just mentioning what you're doing or what you're trying to do, people kind of gravitate towards, hey, look, maybe this and that. So, for example, I was at 24 just playing basketball, this 6'11 white guy, we're having fun, I'm winning. So he says, yo, that was a great run and everything like that. And then I just mentioned it again. It turns out he's at Y Combinator, one of the uh, incubators on the Forbes list. And he was like, hey, look, that's a great idea. Like, if you want to have brunch and talk about it and things of that sort, let's go. Um, Right, and he just moved out to LA, invited me out to LA for it, and everything like that. But that came out of just mentioning. If I didn't, then it's just you know, it's nothing, right? Yeah. So advocating for yourself in my shoes is mentioning the things I'm working on, mm-hmm. mentioning the credit repair or that I can give her the student loans or something like that. Cool, I mentioned it. I was like, oh, what's up? What's that? But there's a there's another side of it where you're not mentioning it and you're just stuck in in your own trying to survive type thing mm-hmm. where you're not and it's I don't know it's really bland until you're really running after what you're trying to get to I, I would totally agree like at my position I started off as a contract and I was doing a lot of admin work but I was like putting myself like out there and like saying like oh I would you know love to be a part of this you know I have this idea um, what about this I asked a lot of questions it's like mm-hmm. hey I love the looking at performance and customer experience and I really enjoy looking at like competitive uh, research and how they're doing it and how we can work with that or do better or promote ourselves because we have like a way better product than them Um, so how can I be a part of that and so it's just like I guess me like consistently saying that to people Um, it, and it makes me feel better too because I feel yeah. like I'm advocating for myself. You yeah, know, I'm doing the confidence. Like, yeah, 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 and I'm glad they're being receptive because they're like, oh yeah, we'll put you in this meeting. Yeah. Or um, and then like recently things have kind of shifted and now I'm under marketing, which is where I wanted to be mm-hmm. initially. So like I kind of feel like this speaking it into existence because now I'm like where I wanted to be when I was job searching. Yeah, yeah. I think that's huge. Like actually. You know, setting yourself up to, like, get the opportunities that you want. Because I feel like so often, I feel like this is a person of color thing, but we tend to, like, shy away from, like, bragging about, or not even bragging, but just, like, speaking up on, like, what mm-hmm. we're doing. Because we're always taught to, like, be humble or, you know, yeah. you got to grind. Like, you got to just keep your head down and, you know, do yeah. what you got to do until you get that opportunity. And mm-hmm. it's like, now you're not going to get the opportunity unless you speak up and tell people you want it. And show people that you're, like, willing to do whatever it takes to get that opportunity. And I feel like that's what I'm, like, starting to learn now is that I have to kind of speak up and, you know, be in those rooms and be present. Because no one's going to just, like, hand anything to me. Yeah. I'm learning that now, too. Like, no one's ever going to know unless (coughs) you tell them. You know, like, you could be working so hard, but you're never going to get their recognition if you don't say it and like it's definitely uncomfortable like because you know you don't want to be like cocky or you know you don't want to like say the wrong thing but it's like something that I learned at Facebook is like your manager's not going to know what you're doing unless you say it like the people that you work with aren't going to know how good you are if you don't tell them or show them like Mm -hmm. 
you know, so yeah, because they're caught up in their own world. Exactly, everyone's busy doing their own thing. Like, yeah, you just gotta like put yourself out there, and you just gotta say it and see what happens from there. I think those key words was how how can I be a part of that, and mm-hmm. that'll get you a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's stuck out when you said that. Yeah, because I feel like it's hard for me to be like, oh, I'm doing this and that. And I'm so glad that my manager was that person for me. She was like, oh, May is doing this. She was part of this project. She did it. So she did it for me, which I'm like super blessed that she did that. Um, Well, my previous manager. And then, um, so then when I had my salary, like my negotiation to be hired on full time, I was able to like really have that confidence to ask for, like talk about what I'm worth, what I can do. And I was even calling my friend. I was like, I there's like this thing that I feel like people of color do where they're like, I appreciate this like position. I'm blessed. I'm so lucky to mm-hmm. be here. I should I ask for totally more. Yeah, like yes. I'm getting more than I deserve. You know, like all yeah. these things. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm failing. laughs> so I was yeah. on the phone with him. I was like, I just I, I can't. I have to step away from that mindset because mm-hmm. I'm like. I, I can elevate, I can be so much better and like I am so much more and I have a lot to offer and if I get stuck in this like, oh, you know, I'm blessed to be here, I'm, thank you for giving me the opportunity, I'm lucky, like just hiring me, like begging, like right. that's not, that's going to translate as yeah. like, yeah. you're going to get the bottom base. I've done that. I've done it too. Yeah, same. I, oh my God. I, when I started working, oh my God, this girl and I, we started like, um, on the same day and like, she was also an engineer. She was, she was a software engineer though, but like, we were talking about like our signing bonuses. Yeah, we were like, we were like talking about like our signing bonuses, right? And then she, she was white and I'm not. (laughs) And like, um, I was like totally in that same position. Like when I got the offer and like my signing bonus and everything, I was like, I totally don't deserve that, but like I'm gonna take it because like there's no way like <laughs> yes, yes, I'm gonna get more than that, right? I was like, there's no way, like I'm just gonna take it. I'm so grateful for that, blah blah blah. And then like I'm talking with her and like we were just like fuck it, like I'm just gonna ask like how much you make, how much your signing bonus was, and she asked, she just asked for a higher signing bonus and she got it, and she got like thirty thousand more than me. And like when she told me, I was like, I should have just freaking asked. Like I probably would have got it. Like what the heck, like. So like when you tell me, when you said that I'm like dude yeah like I shouldn't be like yeah I'm so grateful to be here I should be like oh, fuck yeah I deserve to be here like you know what I mean like and I shouldn't like I wish that I was like that before because like who right. knows what I could have gotten right like yeah. right I feel the yeah. same way I have the same experience yeah. and like talking that's why I think it's so important to like tell people who you work with well maybe not everyone but people who you at least care something about like people should tell each other what they make. Because I I think that, like, it's this whole, like, taboo, like, you shouldn't tell people, like, keep your money to yourself, you know, but that's leverage. You can play. Exactly. It's like, you don't understand, like, that's the The companies want you to not talk to people. They're like, you should keep your all. I'm like, if I know this person is at the same level as me, it makes, like, way more than me, like, that's some data that I'm about to use to go and renegotiate, you know, get what I need. And and I think we need to, like, especially if you deserve it. Yeah. Like we can help each other, but a lot of times it's so we there's this like mentality that we have to be so competitive and that there's yeah. not enough for everyone. Yeah. When the reality is, like, right. these tech companies are good. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> they can afford to pay us what is there and so yeah. And like that process is so scary too. You're for like, sure. Like, for sure. what if they don't want me? They're gonna find some. There's way more us like 
there's yeah. people out there that want this job too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm like, who will like, take it? Like, yeah. 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 So I'm like, if I ask more, they're gonna be like, oh, there's someone else that we're yeah. looking at. This that girl's asking happen. for way too much. It's just like, what's the worst that could happen? The we'll worst is that they say no. And exactly. you're gonna get what you got anyways. Yeah. So, yeah. so you really have nothing to lose. Nothing. Shoot your shot. Exactly. Close mouths don't get fed. Exactly. My friend used to tell me that, and I was like, exactly. no, that's true. Like, so don't. true. Yeah. And my recruiter friend was like, you, he was like guiding me through the process. Um, and he was like, no, you should, you know, make sure you look at other salaries. Um, yeah. you should apply for other jobs and talk with them too, to see how much they're offering. So you have, like, you can gauge how much like this position gets paid. Um, and you should just ask for a higher, like, how are your salary? The worst thing can happen is that they don't give it to you. You should ask for shares. You know, mm-hmm. you can ask for more, you may not get it, but you know, it is what it is. And yeah. you guys can have that conversation. And I would even call him and be like, I don't know if they're going to hire me. And he was like, no, if they're consistently talking to you, if you're passing all the yeah. levels, they're mm-hmm. interested in you. And they're not going to stop just because you ask for. Um, they probably respect you more for that, honestly. I was like, look, well, this person knows it worse, so I mean, yeah. she's probably gonna bring a lot more than this person is anyway. So mm-hmm. let's see, let's let's explore it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like and then go from there. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. I would follow on in a company. People of color get paid less than what <laughs> other people that's make right. anyway. Yeah. So it's like you gotta shoot your shot, or yeah. else. What would you do differently in that process than before? Like you're <laughs> so different. <laughs> I mean, I think it. I would do my homework, like do my research, understand like kind of what I bring to the table, what's the industry standard for the position, and um, you know, give an appropriate offer. And I think even if they were were to offer me something that seemed appropriate, like to where what's happening in the market, like I would still ask for more. I think just because I do think that like it does say something about the type of person you are, just like what you believe in your skills, like when you do ask. Mm-hmm. more and it just kind of shows that you care a little more right you know and I think too it's like if a company does give you more and you're kind of set on this higher standard then they're going to be like all right so we know this um this person's going to get it done mm-hmm. if we ask them to do like extra stuff or to perform at this level yeah, yeah. they're prepared to do that yeah. you know and they're confident mm-hmm. versus just like being grateful and like thankful or acting like you're just like thankful to be there yeah which yeah. is nice but it's like yeah, it's not how it works. Some levels, yeah. 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 That's more like a managerial type of thing, honestly. Right. So I think they'll take a note of that in their head as they go along. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So that'd be dope. Yeah, I think if I could go back, I would like, like, I'm always going to be grateful. Yeah. But I definitely would have acted like I deserved it. Mm-hmm. But, like, at the time, and, like, going back to the whole thing about, like, just mentioning it, like, I feel like if I could go back to, like, when I was getting my offer, like, I was also interviewing at Apple at the same time, but I was just, like, I obviously wanted to work at Facebook more, and, like, I just remember I was, like, should I, I was telling my mom, I was, like, should I, like, at least mention that I was, like, working at Apple, or I think she told me that, she's, like, you should mention that you're, like, interviewing at Apple, mm-hmm. like, maybe we'll give you more, and I'm, like, go mom! Oh. Yeah, I was, like, no, 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 I'm, like, it's too much already, like, blah, blah, like, you know what I mean, like, I was just so happy to do it, but, like, now that I, like, have, like, this experience and I've learned everything that I've learned, I definitely would have been like, or at least like for future jobs like next time I go in I'm gonna be like like oh thanks and then like probably would have demanded more because like who knows like who really knows what's gonna happen yeah. but 
I would have just acted like I deserved it instead of being like, you know, instead of thinking like I didn't, you mm -hmm. know? I don't know? I'm like thinking about just like being a person of color in tech, like has your coworkers ever tried you? Like what do you do in those situations where people like don't understand that you're like, this wasn't given to you, this wasn't handed to you, or like just don't understand that you're not the typical person that's in this field. Mm -hmm. And what do you do when you're tried? I'd be curious to hear your perspective because you're in the tech world, like a more technical world. Just like being a woman or being a person of color, what do you do when you're being like, when they don't understand you? Like, I don't like know how to kind of have like imposter syndrome or like when I. Yeah, when they don't understand, like imposter, like imposter syndrome could be one of them. Like, how do you. Um, I think for me, I'm lucky because the field that I'm in tends to be like more people of color since mm -hmm. it is diversity and inclusion work. And so, I mean, thankfully right now my team is like full of black girl magic and we're like killing it. So like a lot of the people who I interact with on a daily, like I relate to and um, we have a similar experience, but back at the nonprofit, <laughs> that wasn't the case. And I mean, I think also too, it was my first job out of college. So I was learning like office politics a little mm -hmm. bit mm -hmm. um but I did have moments where I kind of had to like stop and think before I said something or maybe responded to something just out of the fear of like how I would be received as the only black person in the office mm -hmm. um this is like mm -hmm. a staff of like 30 people I was the only black person in the office and so I don't know if like I kind of felt like I represented all black people. And so depending on like the situation, like there was a situation where um, someone who I worked with who was like a higher up would make comments about my hair every single day. Like if I change my hair, like one day I might have box braids and like two weeks later I might just wear it natural or, you know, like I switched my hair. Whatever you wanted to do I with love, it. I love messing with, like I love doing my hair. Yeah. And so it was like one of those things where she will walk past my desk because I was like sitting in a cubicle like by the kitchen and so she will walk past and say like oh Anisha like you switch your hair up again and it like to the point where like it kind of felt like she was like taunting me a little bit um, like it wasn't coming from a place of like compliments or anything yeah. like you were just she was just being annoying and so <laughs> I really had to like navigate that situation carefully because like this person was like um she had a lot of influence and so I just I had to be careful and it was it's frustrating because there was no one in the office that could really relate to what I was going through mm -hmm. because like on the surface it kind of sounds silly like why do you care that someone makes a comment about your hair every day and it's like no like every time she makes a comment it makes me feel like I'm like some weird like alien from outer space <laughs> you're not talking about like someone's hair yeah, right, or yeah. you like just change your hair color or like mm -hmm. this girl's wearing curls today no one's saying anything this yeah. got a haircut but because I like switch my hair up, it's like this big deal. Mm -hmm. You're so curious about it. So, I mean, I don't know. I think now, like, I have to still make those negotiations about like which battles I fight. And sometimes I fight it and sometimes I don't, honestly, because I don't have the energy to. Yeah, you can always fight every battle. Right, <laughs> too draining. Yeah, I'm not afraid to stand up for myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Luckily, like, I haven't had too many instances where, like, somebody makes comments like that. Like, people make comments about me more about, like, 
I talk too much. (laughs) I have, like, too much energy or, like, I just don't look like an engineer, you know? And, like... But see, but, even that's interesting. Like, what does that mean? Like, you don't like, look like I know, and that's the thing, right? Like, there shouldn't even be this, like, stereotype of, like, or, like, this box of, like, what an engineer looks like. And, like, when I was interviewing, I met this director at Facebook, and she's, like, super big time. And we were interviewing, and I, I had, like, mentioned that, right? Like, there are times where, like, people, like, whenever I say, like, I'm an engineer or, like, I work on this, their eyes open, right? They're like, oh, really? Like, you don't look like an engineer. Like, you don't act like it. And it's, like, like backhanded. Yeah, 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 right? And it's kind of just, like, what does that mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, am I supposed to, like, what am I supposed to look like as a girl? You know, like, I don't, I don't know what that means. And, like, when people, like, make comments like that, I'm just, like, okay, so, like, and, like, or, you know, like, I'm not afraid to just be, like, okay, like, what are you trying, like, what point are you trying to make? Like, I look cute today, thanks. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what that means. But but one thing I learned from her is, like, she doesn't take anyone's shit. Like, she, if she doesn't like something, like, she'll tell you, sorry, she'll tell you and she'll be like, okay, so, like, there doesn't need to be this, like, standard. And, like, mm-hmm. like something I learned from her is to just be like that. You know what I mean? Like, to especially, like, as a woman and, like, as an engineer, like, you have to stand up for yourself and you have to say like okay so what like I'm yeah. still gonna be me I'm still gonna be here I'm still gonna do my job and like your comments like aren't gonna like affect me like she said something like if you say something and it hurts someone else's feelings that's your fault and if someone says something and it hurts your feelings that's also your fault and so mm-hmm. like when people say something to me like like, when they make comments like that, like, oh, like, Natasha's out of the office, like, no wonder I was so quiet, you know, like, last week. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, now I'm back, and, like, now the party's popping again, like, what's <laughs> up, you know, like, like, you know what I mean? And, like, I'm so happy that not letting those comments come yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, but not being overly, like, oh, you, what do you mean, like, you need to, ch-. like, not like, yeah, I'm not, like, attacking them, I'm just like, okay, and, like, now I'm back, like, you know, what's up? So, um, I'm, like, really happy that I learned that from her, like, early on, and I have somebody to look at in the field who does that because mm-hmm. I think that's it's just so good to have like, for me personally but. Oh, man. I, I give them a look and that's about it honestly <laughs> I'm not in the tech world I'm in the sales so uh, with sales everybody's kind of on the same you know same thing those 1099 sales so I mean honestly I'm not tied to a, a system that has um, a bureaucracy to it or anything of the sort mm-hmm. right so I don't really have to worry about that I mm-hmm. just have to worry about putting out sales and making my money and things of that sort and building teams and stuff. So it's a lot of different personalities that come through there. But um, at the same time, I either give them a look or I have, them, uh, have a conversation with them, honestly. Like, look, I'm not appreciating what's going on on the other side. So pulling them to the side and having that conversation is something I have to grow into. Um, I didn't have to, but I mean, at the same time, moving into different places like this last place I worked was a private company and it was so offset it was a transportation company to the point where everybody in the back that was driving the buses and charters and things that sort was basically black right but then the front side the HR the recruiting the uh, sales and everything of that sort it was no black no black people in there period so they called it the White House right so it was that polarized between the two Right? Yeah. And it was kind of like two whole different worlds. And it was like, yeah, you in the White House? What? 
right? So it was that type of vibe. So <clears throat> I got tried there. Um, I played around with it, honestly. Like it got very, very serious about it. Oh, you think you're so good because you brought somebody in? I brought somebody in, like a big client and things, like early on. It's like, oh, so you think you're really good because you brought a client in or whatever, this and that, and it's really charming me. So I'm like, who was saying that? Was that? This was somebody in the sale that was next to me in the cubicle. It was a small team, right? So that whole conversation can echo through the whole place. So I get pulled in with the owner, with him, and with the sales manager as well. I'm like, I didn't even think this was that serious. I made it a playful type of thing, and then he, I guess, took it seriously out the wall. So, long story short, the manager, the owner, the president, they all sided with me and said that he was walling out, but at the same time, like, I had to check myself, right? Mm -hmm. Because he was really in my face trying to get some things going. Mm -hmm. um, he gave me stuff like that, you know, and then he does it again. After mm -hmm. that, it was like, all right, I'm good. We don't have yeah. anything to talk about. Right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. didn't talk to him for the rest of the time I was there at all for any reason. At the same time, you got to be able to forgive at the end of the day. So when mm -hmm. I walked out of there, I definitely made peace with him. Hey, whatever happened, happened. That's cool. But at the same time, I'm not going to keep it on my heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. You were like, is this even worth it? Kind of. Right? I'm mm -hmm. not going to have it in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. I'll back you up. I, I know who you are. I know what you're about. And it's that. Right? Mm -hmm. Um... On the other side, my friends are telling me this every single day. He was working on Facebook, and they'll have meetings, and then he'll say something that's poignant that would garner some conversation, and then they'll just write it off like, okay, that's a great point. Um, moving on, right? Mm -hmm. So just like kind of disrespecting his point of views and things of that sort, and it was like that passive-aggressive type mm -hmm. vibe on a daily basis, though. And he was like one of the two black people in this whole org, as you would call it, or whatever. So it was, it was that, it was that passive that kind of got to him on a regular basis. And for him, it was uh, having that conversation, but then it was ultimately moving on. So he moved on to Uber and out of there. And so he had the conversation with who, his manager or HR, or how was that like? He had it with HR mm -hmm. on the way out on the exit interview, but he was already fed up. He kind of uh, like ate it, you know what mm -hmm. I mean, for the yeah. whole time. So. And then he walked out and went to a different company, got way more money, way more benefits, way more everything. Mm -hmm. And that's solid for him, but it's, it's real though, yeah. honestly, mm -hmm. right? Somebody made an article about the Facebook stuff too as well, uh, about diversity in Facebook and how's it going and things of that sort. So I've seen it on the private and I've seen it obviously secondhand through the tech world and stuff like that. So. Yeah, and maybe it depends on the team too, because it sounds like your team is team, right? like very like your manager is on it and stuff like that. Whereas like his team, maybe he didn't have a lot of advocates for him. Right. Like finding a good advocate. Like I'm so blessed that my boss, like my old manager and my current manager, are advocates for me. And whenever I ask for something or like say something, they're yeah. like, "That's you know, like we're gonna check up on that," or like, "You know what? Yeah. Let's like." make sure our voice is heard in this like yeah a co-signer honestly and yeah it yeah. shouldn't be like that to where the the percentages are so small that each person here needs an advocate mm -hmm, right? right or else you're seeing a different oh, but at the same time that's where your job comes in with the diversity and things of that sort mm -hmm. and moving towards that that's why you're here <laughs> <laughs> no i mean it's important though because i think it's like 
it's so real that like people have such different experiences on different teams just depending on like who that leader is yeah if they're bought into Mm -hmm. like diversity work if they care about making their teams representative Mm -hmm. and so like that whole experience can just shift depending on like who the leaders are who the people are like if they can actually keep people around because that's another thing i feel like a lot of tech companies have these like huge diversity hiring initiatives, mm-hmm. but then their retention's trash. And so just as quick as you're like getting people in, people are leaving. Yeah. And so it's like you can't really make any ground when they're in that space when it's like as soon as we come in, then the next folks are leaving because they've already been tried so many times. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They yeah. can't take it anymore. They said people don't leave jobs, people leave people. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. I was gonna say that, yeah. Yeah, so it's heavy. Mm-hmm. Heavy. Yeah, like even looking back in like my old school, we were a charter, so there was like many different ones. Like mine, we had a great camaraderie. Everyone was super close with each other. Like we vented to each other. But then like uh, this other person I knew, he worked at a different school, and he said he didn't feel that camaraderie. He would like stay in his classroom, kind of do his own thing. And then he said like he had a moment where he was talking to like the support staff. And he was just talking with them, and then like a new guy or some guy took a picture of him, like talking to her on Snap or Instagram, and like put like he's like always macking, and then later on like drew something like obscene on the picture, and then like thought it was funny and showed it to him or whatever, and he was like, "Yo, like I'm not into this," and he like did it like he made it like clear he's like, "I'm not like don't do that." And then, so the guy was like, oh, I'm just joking, man. But it's like, no, like, I'm not here to, like, flirt or mag or, like, so whatever. like a school setting? I feel like that's yeah. kind of <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah, and he's always yeah. making these sly comments, like, oh, you're always, you know, uh, like, mm-hmm. you know, you're just, like, making comments, like, you're so sly, you're so, like, you know how to speak and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, like, I'm here and I deserve to be here. And, like, don't make these, like remarks at me and try to like tarnish my character yeah Yeah. Yeah. and then he got like then that guy actually ended up the co-worker or whatever ended up kind of like mentioning something to the manager and was like I don't know he doesn't like me he's kind of being aggressive right (laughs) and then so like the assistant principal sat him down and was like oh you know um, are things okay with you two like Mm -hmm. Does, I got that sit down. Yeah, right? And <laughs> it's no just reason. so unfortunate. He was like, I'm being the victim here. Like, I'm the victim. He was saying that I'm being flirty, being all sexual with people. Yeah. But he's the one making these remarks and stuff. So it's like, why am I getting the sit down? Shouldn't it be him getting the sit down? Mm-hmm. So how do you find, like, peace at your place? Like, um, like where you work? How do you make it homey? And how do you, like... I haven't found a place like that yet, so... You're making that place. Yeah, I'm making that place. <laughs> but in the meantime, we still got to pay bills, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. So, the people were cool. Everything was fine. But at the same time, like, I don't know. It was 10 hours a day, and I just didn't like spending my time that way. Yeah. And feel like you're not growing and yeah. things of that sort. So, I'm like, okay, can I make $169 a different? down to the dollar after tax this is what this is what time is for that's real you're gonna add stress and like in there as well 
But yeah. made me walk. Honestly, I had a session with the, the people that were killing it, the best guys there, and I'm like, yo, what are you, what are you making? It's that conversation again. And if it's six, six, six years, five years, and I find out if it's worth my time to do that or not in their workload, and it wasn't. They said the most they did was about 190. I'm like, okay, what does that break down to? That's 545, <laughs> right? Yeah, you really got to break it down like that, though. Right? So yeah. five years go by, and do you think I can't make 545 a different way outside of these 12 hours plus the weekends, plus all the stress and things of that sort? I probably can't, right? So let me self-teach myself something. And I did, and I replaced that income. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's... I'm just on the outskirts of that. So I'm mm-hmm. going to try to stay at a place for a good while, but... Mm-hmm just embedded in me is honestly if people are making these companies and things of that sort then you're able to do it yourself if you have what says, why don't you do that for yourself one way or another so it's, yeah. it's literally that playing in the back of my mind at all times yeah right I feel you on that I think like my first response when you asked that question was like I kind of don't want work to be homey Mm, I mean, mainly because like I don't want to be so comfortable at work that I don't go home. (laughs) (laughs) There are people, you know. I really stay at work, and I think like that's kind of the tech thing. Like they give you all these like benefits that are really nice. Like it's hella convenient that you want to feed me a couple meals a day Mm -hmm. and have some snacks around and like do fun shit every once in a while. Like I love that, but like I don't want to. Like I don't want my desk. Or my office space to be like so amazing that I stay here all the time and not go home and like do other stuff. Like I still want to have a, a separation between work and home. Yeah. Did you want to watch Sorry to Bother You movie? No. Where they have like permission. Yeah. So like part of it's like you work where you sleep and like you can do all this and yeah in yeah. one place and you mm-hmm. can be like super productive and they're gonna see like when are you the most productive and I was like oh that I mean I think there needs to be a difference and I feel like the lines get kind of blurred especially in tech or these like big companies that offer you like all this stuff mm-hmm. I think that they're intentionally blurred because they want you to put in the hours to you know get the work done but I think you have to have that balance so that you can still be a person outside mm-hmm. of work so I don't want my work to be comfortable <laughs> like comfortable-ish yeah comfortable-ish like yeah. I want to feel comfortable the like eight-ish hours that I'm there you know give or take a little bit but um but no after that I'm out I'll see you on Monday damn I am the office <laughs> <laughs> she's like I'm like do I even want to see my internet <laughs> no but like I, I totally agree I think you definitely need to have a life outside of work and I feel like I'm lucky because I do have that and I do make that effort to like make sure that I'm not all work all the time. Mm-hmm. But your job is like super demanding though. You have to be there for hours if you don't you have to. Oh, uh, no, you don't have okay. to. Like people work from home all the time. Oh, okay. and, like people like like there's a guy on my team who like comes in every day, he's like, It's four o'clock, I'm leaving, nobody is like holding me back, like there's a meeting, I'm declining it, like you know, he's like, I'm going to the gym, I'm like, I don't care. So I think it's it's totally doable. But he lets it be known. Yeah, he he lets it be known. And like I think another great thing about working in tech and at a big tech company is that like they let you do that. Yeah. Right? Like they let they do give you that option. Like yeah. is it a demanding job? Probably. But like yeah. If, if it is, it's probably because you're making it, mm. like, yeah, harder than it needs to be. Like, I think it's definitely possible for you to, like, 
go to work and like it be super comfortable and then like you still have your life outside of that like yeah yeah like i personally um like our answers are totally different and that's fine but like i personally love not having to worry about anything like <laughs> you know what i mean like i love like just going to work and eating there and like when i go home i don't have to cook <laughs> like i don't have to meal prep i don't have to buy groceries like you know what i mean like i love that i love that like i don't have to worry about driving and like if i want to stay late like i can if i want to leave early i can like I think that's like one of my favorite parts about it and like I don't know how it is at other tech companies but like at Facebook like they really let you be yourself and like I like that because that's so rare right like how many places can you work where like you don't always have to be professional you know what I mean like that's probably why people are making comments about me being loud (laughs) you know I'm, I'm comfortable that way and I think like it lets me be like I could, because I'm so comfortable at work, I can act however I want to act and get the most done because I'm being myself and I'm, yeah. I don't feel like I'm thinking about how I have to act. You know, I can just be myself and I can just get my work done. If I want to talk, I can. If I yeah. want to go on a run and then come back, like, I can. Like, it's like culture, like comfort built into the culture field. Yeah. And yeah. You at least, yeah, at least where I am, and I think yeah. maybe I'm lucky, like, I'm sure not a lot of people have that, but um, I think it's possible to have it. Yeah. 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 And I would say, like, boundaries, because for me, I was like, oh, when I come in, I can't be like, I'll do whatever, anything you need oh, yeah. at all times. Like, you can't set yourself up like that. So right. I was like, I need to have boundaries, because, like, I think there's, like, this whole mentality. It's like, oh, you have to, like, show them that you work really hard, you'll, like, do whatever it takes. But yeah, like, I think that, yeah, and I think that comes from, like, like, I don't know about you guys, but, like, my parents are, like, immigrants, like, Mm -hmm. they came from here, and, like, that was, like, their mindset, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you just take whatever job, whatever they want you to do, you do it, and, like, you work so hard so that they can see this, this, and that, but, like, what's also good is, like, showing them, like, like, pushing back sometimes, right? Like, saying, like, no, I can't do that, because I don't have the bandwidth for that, or, like, I don't, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I think that's, like, equally as important, that, like, a lot of people of color, don't learn like or they don't know like right away because like our parents or I don't know about you guys but like my parents definitely taught me the opposite right like yeah so yeah yeah I think my mom she um so like growing up my mom was a single mom and so a lot of her grind is just like you know you do what you need to do to make it happen and if that means like you know showing up doing a little extra Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you do it um and so I think that like there's that but then there is some of that too like Mm -hmm. you're in this sector there's so many amazing things that like we've never had before Mm -hmm. and so I do like try to find that balance because I think that she did kind of raise like my sister and I to have that mentality of like you know just kind of like do whatever you need to do to get in but it's like okay we're past that now exactly yeah exactly yeah because I feel like in college, yeah, you want to, like, make sure you go above and beyond and, like, show people what you're made of. But now that you have, like, a resume mm-hmm. or that you prove that you do what needs to be done in those hours, that's why I'm, like, I need to set – like, I set boundaries. I'm not going to work past the hours that I'm working. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I'm there, I'll, like, have fun. But I'll also be, like, hey, I actually need to, like, stop chatting with you. Yeah. 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 And I feel like when you take on too much, like – sometimes like your other work su- like your work will suffer right like mm-hmm. you're like oh yeah I could do this for you and you and you and you and you but it's like mm-hmm. if I do then like everything will probably be like like Mediocre. exactly yeah, yeah. and like I've, like I don't know at least for me like everything I do I want it to be like 
freaking amazing. Yeah. And like, yeah. I can't do that if I'm doing too much. So right. that's why, like, you're totally right. Like, you need boundaries. And, all. Mm -hmm. and if something's wrong, they're just like, I created a, like, I feel like an environment where I, or I'm in an environment where I'm allowed to be like, this is not working, or like, there, our communication there is not well, like, this needs to be fixed, or like, I'm doing this right now and I'm like really uh, tight on time, so like, adding this on is not gonna work. Mm -hmm. Where I can like be verbal about it and yeah. say that because. Like, if I don't do that, it's just not going to be a good environment. I don't want to go to work. I, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't want to experience that. Yeah. Where I feel like I learned this in my other job. Because I was like, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll stay long hours. And even then, it's, like, never enough. Like, I feel yeah. like even if you do that, they don't even look at you like, yeah. you're so amazing. You're so great. Like, yeah. you deserve a raise. You deserve time off. It's like, oh, you're getting time. And then when you do get time off, I'm like, oh, you're getting time off. That's great. Come back like, soon. When are you coming back? Yeah. <laughs> okay, when you come back. Or they expect that like you can do such high quality work or like eighty hours worth of work in sixty hours, and then when you like only do sixty hours, then you look like you're slack. Mm -hmm. I think that's like the biggest thing for me is like if I say, I mean, it's hard now, or it's hard being salaried, but I think especially hourly, like, if you're getting paid for 40 hours, do 40 hours worth of work. Mm -hmm. Like, don't do 60 hours worth of work. Don't mm -hmm. do extra. You know, do what you're getting paid to do because then, you know, you're, you're, you're giving yourself, like, a realistic, or you're giving your boss a realistic expectation of, like, what you can accomplish at a high level. You know, because the moment that you do a little more and then you go back down, then you look like you're slacking, something's going on, when it's like, mm -hmm. no, actually, I'm really just doing, like, what I actually can yeah, like, do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You look like you're slacking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. And people love putting, like, different things that aren't your job mm -hmm. into your plate. Little extra stuff. All right. Can you or just negotiate and be like, okay, well, if this is a priority, then, you know, can I work with you to understand, like, what can maybe be shifted to, yeah. like, next quarter? Mm -hmm. or yeah. That's something yeah. that I've been doing right. a lot. That's um, right. Because our team is really small, and so I've been having to have a lot of, like, negotiation conversations with my manager so she understands, like, okay, like, this is, this is kind of our project timeline. You know, this is what our goals are, and then if we need to add something else, that means something needs to come off. And yeah. like being okay with that, and you know, her and I being on the same page. So then, like at the end of the quarter, we're not looking back at our goals and saying like, "Oh, well, you didn't do this." Yeah. And, you know, it's like we decided that we weren't doing this, or we were pushing it out. Yeah, so, that makes sense. That's smart. Um, so, what would you give like somebody who's never like wants to be in tech, but like wants to set foot? Like, what do you advice would you give them? if they're trying to like dabble into like entrepreneurship and tech and like um, want to be on that side of things, just do it. Take, take <laughs> a risk, honestly. Like, like I always encourage people to join tech because I feel like there's so many people who discourage you from doing it already. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's so many people who are like, oh, like, why do you want to work in tech? You're going to work all these long hours and you're going to, like, you know what I mean? And I feel like every, I feel like you have to be careful who you listen to, right? Mm -hmm. Because, like, everyone's advice comes from their experience. So, like, I remember when, I learned this when I was in college, like, like, when I would take a class, like, people would be like, oh, don't you, you're just going to fail. Like, just take, like, this class instead, like, blah, blah, blah. But then when I would talk to people who, like, passed that class, they'd be like, oh, yeah, like, it's hard, but, like, if you do this, like, you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I feel like we need more people who are, like, 
more positive and like more encouraging to like tell like these young kids or like people trying to make the transition like like do it and like to support them because especially as people of color like we don't have that enough yeah you know what I mean like yeah, we don't sure. have enough people supporting us and telling us to like pursue our dream and whatever like is it going to be hard there's a chance like depending on what you do but like that's where it's, characters build. yeah exactly like you know that's where you grow the most and I, I don't know I'm just like always for everybody to tech <laughs> really, it'd be your yeah. own people sometimes that are like oh that's not gonna work you can't do it and it's not it's like all the time. Yeah. yeah, and really they may not time. come from like a bad place, but they it might be something they like eternally think like yeah. I can't do it. So you know, like maybe you probably you can't. Do yeah, that. yeah. Right. That's, I don't. I don't know. I personally don't think that's right. I feel like we should all like be supporting each other because there's already enough people trying to take us down. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they're waiting on watching to see you fail. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that, right? and that's crazy. So, they might be your best friend, but they're just sitting there watching like, oh, so you didn't do this? Okay. You said you was about to do this. Did, did you do it? Oh, you didn't? Okay, cool. That's accountability. But at the same time, like, if they're it coming from constructive, yeah. Yeah. right, right. Yeah. if it's coming from constructive, that's great. But at the same time, you got nine other people out of ten that's not constructive with it. You know what I mean? Right. And that's when you switch up and go into your own mode or whatever. And then going through your work and everything like that, you run into the people that you need to be around anyway. Yeah. along the path as long as you're putting in the work putting in the hours things of that sort in the right way so yeah, like keep the people that really are like uplifting <laughs> you or supporting you yeah for but sure. if it's negative it's not bad but if they're like giving you constructive criticism that's right. different from like yeah, mm, that's not the word you can yeah. do it. right like what do you mean what about it tell me more <laughs> tell me more <laughs> why do you think I can't do this I mean, I think for me, like, what I would tell people is to be curious, especially, um, like, in non-tech roles, because I realized when I was, um, like, applying for Lyft, and then once I got there, there's so many roles that I didn't even know existed <laughs> in tech. Like, we have a public policy team that, like, works with, like, local government officials and, you know, and advocates on behalf of, like, Lyft. And yeah. It, that blew my mind, so I was like, wow, like, I would have never thought that, like, there would be a role like that in this tech company. And it makes sense, but I think there's so many roles that we just don't even know exist, mainly because, like, they either haven't been created yet or they're only a couple years old. And so I think that there is, like, room for everyone yeah. in tech. You just have to be curious and, like, meet with yeah. people to learn more about, like, what's happening you know, in these companies. Yeah, that's so true. Like, I I have, like, two little sisters, mm -hmm. and, like, I'm noticing that when they're, like, trying to pick, like, what they want to do, they're like, okay, I have to be, like, an engineer, a doctor, or a lawyer, <laughs> or, like, a business person, right? Like, whatever. But it's, like, they're, like, now that I'm, like, in, like, the working world, I'm like, dude, there's so many jobs that, like, people don't know, you know? There's, like, data science, and, like, right. public policy. Like, there's so many different jobs, and, like, like, we're just so set, like, on these, like, major careers, like, engineer, doctor, lawyer, yeah. businessman, like, mm -hmm. there's literally a project there's manager position to tell right. people what right. to do. Right. Yeah. You're so right. There's so <laughs> many jobs. Like, there's something for everyone. You, like, you just have to find it. Yeah. And I think that's, like, the value in, like, connecting with people who are already, you know, in tech or, like, mm -hmm. in whatever industry and just, like, hearing from, like, make it easy. You know, but like, actually take that time to listen to people and hear like what their experience is and what their coworkers do and 
mm-hmm. you know, have them like give you a referral. That's always Definitely. nice, a really nice thing someone can do for you. Yeah. You guys should put me on game like everybody puts you on game. Yeah. Right. And like no, you, yeah. and like ask what that position might be. Like think yeah. about the position that you want or that you have qualifications and skills for and be like, what would that be called in your field? Right. Yeah. I think that's, that's the disconnect so as well. Yeah. People have so many different skill sets. And it's like, I don't even know how to put this on paper. Like, I know how to do this. Yeah. This, this, You're this, like, this, this is what I like. Yourself. This is what I'm good at. Right. Yeah. What is this called? What is it <laughs> called, though, right? Yeah. And especially, like, at your company. Because it's like, yeah. yeah. Like, when I was really changing point. Because yeah. when I was, like, looking at my resume, it was, like, all about education. It was like, oh, like, curriculum coordination, creation of this, uh, yeah. test scores. And my friend who said it in the nicest way possible, who works in advertising, mm-hmm. they were like... Yeah, this is way too teachery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. Yeah. And so I was like, I literally, it would hurt, but I had to delete like everything mm-hmm. off my resume and change the words, highlight things that I didn't think that were important, but like right. were important. It's yeah. That. Like that. coordinating cross teams. Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, I guess I was coordinating cross team. I was telling them. Yeah. The resume game is so crazy because yeah. it's like, you really have to learn how to play that game. Uh, you know, like, it's, it's a true art. Yeah, because of the technology yeah. now and everybody's like, word data mining. Mm-hmm. For all yeah. There's like a filter for a certain terms. Yeah. 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 yeah, you gotta learn it. Yeah, right. it's crazy. And if you don't, then you're just out. Yeah. Right. Nobody responds to you. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta find somebody who will like read it and like tell Mm -hmm. you, like help you like change it and Mm -hmm. like how you did. Yeah. And that's okay. Like I think people think that like you can't change your resume. It's like no, you totally should. Yeah. You totally should change your words. And I mean, I even know someone who like will change their title slightly based on like what What they're trying to get, get, Mm -hmm. which is like I mean, technically there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're doing the same. I mean, as long as you're not, like, lying about what you're doing, <laughs> it's cool to change certain keywords to be more aligned with what the industry, you know, knows. About yeah, and what it comes down to is a decision on their part anyway, so they'll see if you're able to do it or not just right away, so mm-hmm. what is it? A shot to shoot. Right. Shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. <laughs> and there's literally a role for anybody. My coworker is telling me how at Yelp they like couldn't coordinate food with every able to eat lunch at different times. Yeah. They hired somebody to coordinate people's lunches. Hey. Yeah. So I'm not gonna hustle. <laughs> so really there's a position for everything because I was like, Well, I don't know about the longevity of that job, but like they're literally but until hopefully. they created the app to do it. Right, yeah. So like hopefully at that time you could be like let me dabble into like other coordinating right. stuff. But it's an end. It can yeah. be an end. Like I think like I tell a lot of people too like um, there's some like entry level roles like some like coordination roles that are like on the biz side that are really good to get into like if you just want to understand like how that company works. Yeah. And so that's always nice too like a lot of them tend to be like contract roles you know which is like it's cool for a year like mm-hmm. try it out and see if you like it or if you don't. Mm-hmm. If you're on a contract, then you can just bounce. Like, really, yeah. Did you, you push that conversation it? when your contract was like coming to an end? Were you like, "Hey, so what's going on with that?" Or um, no, because I was in a situation to where like I ended up getting it offered a full time before my contract was up. Oh, okay. Um, and so it just was like, I mean, that wasn't my experience. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say mine either because my manager was like, "Hey, I know like." 
don't worry, I'm putting your name out there, I'm mentioning you. Mm-hmm. So I was like really lucky to have that. And I was scared because some of my other friends were like, I don't know, people are saying they're putting my name in, but nothing was happening. Mm-hmm. So I was like, ooh. <coughs> and then that's when I was like, let me apply for another other jobs and like put that, like let my manager know, like, you know, hey, I actually let her know that I was looking at other places too because I want to make sure I'm like, but I'm like invested. I like told her I'm invested in this company, but also I want to make sure I can survive. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to say that up front. Like I, I mean, I was very clear, like when I accepted the role, knowing that it was contract, I was like, I'm very interested in Lyft and I'm mm-hmm. interested in um, working at Lyft, like FTE. Mm-hmm. And so I want to work with you to understand like, what do I need to do? Like, what are the steps for that transition? And yeah. I was like very upfront with that because I think sometimes um, like companies will hire contract roles because they're not sure if the need's gonna be there next year. Mm-hmm. And so if you just if you don't say anything and you accept a role thinking that like oh well if they just like me then a year from now you know I'll go into something or this will turn into full time. Yeah. It's like if they don't if they don't need then you kind of have to like push that. Be up, yeah, you kind of have to be upfront with that and know like okay for this role like do you see this still being a need next year? Like why is it contract versus FTE? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. you know, and just kind of being upfront about that. Cause if they say like, nah, we're, we have this project where we just need support mm-hmm. for a year, then. And they're usually transparent. Yeah, they are really transparent about it. And it's like, then you can make the decision like, okay, do I want to like hop on for this year to do this project and then look for another opportunity on a different team? Mm-hmm. Or do I need to like keep looking? Yeah. Cause I was talking to Levi's before I got hired, like on contract with, uh, brandless because I was like um, oh because I, I asked right away I'm like is there a potential for full time and Levi's was like no this is just a project they're working on mm-hmm. um, you know there are probably other contract positions but this is what it, like what it's going to be it, yeah. yeah and I was like I appreciate yeah. that but that made me look at this position differently I want something that could be potentially long term right. mm-hmm. and then I was able to talk to my manager who was interviewing me at the time I was like oh is this potential to hire like what do you think you know do you think there's a good chance and she was up front she's like yeah we think it's a like the company is growing a lot we need more help like there's yeah. definitely potential there or if not other positions in the company are available mm-hmm. too um, and I'm sure they'll help you like get those other positions too mm-hmm. like, yeah I've been fortunate I didn't have like a cutthroat incident where it was like yeah, we're gonna hire you, and then it never happens. Yeah, yeah. it does happen. Yeah, it does. So that's like unfortunate. Any last words before we end this podcast? Shoot your shot. Right. Shoot your shot. <laughs> Shoot your shot. Network. What's that thing? You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah. So true. That's so true. For sure. Mm-hmm. Always open with communication, and and you'll get to where you're trying to go a lot faster than if you didn't. Mm-hmm. Think about swimming versus kind of getting drawn out into a, a big ocean on a tide or something like that, mm-hmm. right? So have your tools, have your opening conversations. We talked about a few of them and, and go ahead. Yeah, Try. yeah, definitely. I would say like always make sure you're you <laughs> at work. Like you don't have to be like your full you, but make sure that like pieces of you are there because you don't want to feel like you're imposter every day. That's not a good feeling either. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can't be yourself, that's, like, just a horrible feeling. Um, so, like, put pieces of you in there. And normally that opens up other opportunities, though. Mm-hmm. Thank week. you all for being here. Thanks for having us. I had to end this because I have to pee really fast.
Thanks everyone for listening to the very last episode of TBD to be discussed and just a shout out to everyone who supported, reposted, shared, um, spoke about the podcast and listened to it. Thank you everyone who reached out and said all their kind words and constructive criticism. I'm really excited for everyone to tune in next season for all the great discussions on millennial marriage, on being a single mother and self-care and just many, many more topics. If you yourself are interested in joining an episode of the podcast or someone you know you think would be great on the show, please send me a message through Instagram or Twitter or send me an email at tbd to be discussed at gmail.com. Um, I really look forward for everyone to tune in for next season. And again, thank you all so much for listening this season and also to those amazing, amazing guests on every episode. Thank you all so much. Tune in next season. Stay tuned.